0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara and Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going well. For some of us, it's not going so well if you're a Cam Akers owner because, well, he's not going to play in the 2021 season. As camps opened up today for a couple teams for the rookies, the carnage has already begun. Cam Akers lost for the year with Mm. a torn Achilles, which is... Not a good injury if uh, you're a running back.
1: Not so great.
0: No, it's it's brutal. And you, I know
2: we're not the biggest Cam Akers fans in here no. necessarily.
0: Uh, ADP vet values. That's, that's, right. Let's make it right. And didn't didn't dislike Cam Akers right. himself. Didn't like his but, ADP value. But
2: anytime you see a young star with his future ahead of him. Go go down with a devastating injury like this, like it it just sucks. It just sucks for the player, sucks for the fan base,
0: it sucks for for fantasy football managers It's like me. Asking Curly Sue the the prom, heartbroken, not going anywhere, <laughs> not going anywhere good. Um, so if you're Cam Akers owner, I don't well, even
1: have anything to say there.
0: Yeah, neither did I at the time. Just <laughs> cry, just tears, just no words tears. needed. Yeah, thanks, Curly Sue. <laughs> so sad. I don't think I've ever met a Curly Sue, but but didn't no, she please. sounds like she's pretty nice. I'd probably want to take her to prom. I don't know that I've met anyone named Curly, period. Yeah. Let alone... Yeah. I wasn't allowed to go to prom. Principal didn't like me. I think I've told this story in the podcast
1: before. <laughs> if you, I've heard it several times, regardless of whether or not you did yeah. or not. So I, I couldn't be a I've, judge. I yeah. vaguely remember it, but I think it's been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Principal told me I couldn't go to prom. He hated me. Pretty much said that, too. He's like, I, just, I hate you, Dotson. Uh, <laughs> you can't go to prom. That's when he uh, punched me in the stomach before graduation ceremony, and he by the arm, I said, "Dotson, I swear, if you do anything stupid on that stage, you will not get your diploma." So, of course, I did to Billy Madison. I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> and guess who was right? Because I still got my high school diploma. Yep. So, showed that. I don't even know his remember his name, but showed that guy. I don't remember that guy's name either. No idea. No idea. He didn't like me. I don't remember that. Yeah. Wouldn't let me go to prom. Threatened not to give me my diploma. Punch you in the stomach <laughs> punched me in the stomach. Yeah. I think he thought I'd get away with it because I technically was like no longer going to that school. But uh, I wasn't gonna tell anybody. I didn't care. Didn't hurt me. Tough. I was a steal. I was tough when I was 18. <laughs> I
1: was tough. I was 18.
0: It was long I time was here. unbreakable back then. Now let me know. So Cam Akers, he's probably tough too. He probably will overcome. Best case scenario, you got Emmanuel Sanders. He came back. He was you a did. little shifty out there. Uh, he He's
2: the he's the shining example of what it could be because there are other players that have come back from Achilles injuries, but not at one of those types of wide receiver, running back type of position. I think
1: of the last running back. So, is it Foreman? Donta Foreman Dante was Foreman. was
2: the best one, and he best one. Where did he come
0: back from? Arby's? It, exactly. That's that's the tough part. Like, he
2: played literally, in the NFL, he again. played again. That, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, that he did. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's the issue. Is most of the guys are either out of the league completely, or just play like a handful of games at like no effectiveness at all. So the fact that he even came back and was on a team and got carries and did anything with them is the shining example at this point.
0: And that was like five years ago. You know, medicine's come a long way. Cleveland Brown's Grant Delpit tore his uh, ACL early. He seems like he's back 100% already.
1: Achilles, good news. His Achilles, you said ACL. It?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it begins with an A. You know, it's all the... <laughs>
1: well, I want the, the people here Trojan listening days. to have the correct information. <sighs> Remember Brad Pitt? <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: look at this. hands you. now. Yeah. That's how excited I am about sweet. this. <laughs> Um, exciting moment here.
0: So the happen to happen early is really well. I moved the makers down, down <laughs> significantly my dynasty rankings closer to running back number 30 overall. Uh we're going to get more into this cuz we're doing obviously today's show we're doing AFC East. It's not yep. obvious but it's obvious now. We're in your face. S- now that you said it. Yeah, mm-hmm. AFC East. Nerd her show. We're going to do NFC East. East. Yep. Next week we're doing AFC West, NFC West. West side. And that's what we're going to do. Uh so we're gonna talk about obviously the Rams next week a little bit more details. But if you're on the waiver wire now, the running back you want to check pick up is probably gonna be if they if they don't sign a Le'Veon Bell, uh a Dante Foreman, Todd Gurley, uh Todd Gurley, which I don't think they're gonna sign Todd Gurley yes, because they're she, kind of bitter there. Did
1: somebody just slip in a Dante Foreman? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's me. Mr. Achilles himself. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna I'll give I'll show you how it's done. They're gonna give <laughs> Cam Akers some motivation. Like, hey, we're going to bring in this big Dante Foreman guy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, why is that? I'm like, I oh, just, yeah, motivated guy. He came back. Um,
1: Anything is possible. The guy you want to
0: pick up is Xavier Jones. Absolutely. Out of SMU. Uh, had some really good tape. It somebody we were excited about uh, when he came out. We liked his college tape. Ended up not really. Actually, he looked okay when he got a couple carries. Uh, he did.
2: It, it was interesting that he was actually on the active roster last year because he was an undrafted free agent. But they had Cam Akers, they had Henderson, they had Malcolm Brown, but yet they still carried him for most of the season on the active roster. So the fact that he even made the team, first of all, then did that shows that there there could be something there. And now he's a backup role to a guy that, even though Henderson, I do think will get the the lion's share of the carries, he's not necessarily established as their their lead back or anything like that. I don't, so. I don't
1: think he has the makings of a bell cow either, to be honest. I mean, I think he's a I think he's a speed guy. I think. I think he's a very straight line ish speed guy. I think yeah. I think they need somebody else to take and, some. And carries. Jones is very shifty. Yeah, I think I, I think, you know, he he's a guy that probably um Henderson's a guy that is probably maxed out at fifteen carries, in my opinion. And, and you know, a week to week there's probably gonna be ten or fifteen other carries that need to kind of go to the backup guys. And and you know, Xavier Jones might be a guy that starts off getting Seven or eight of those, and and could see we could see that kind of rewarded if he does, yeah, grow as the season goes on. He
2: finished out as uh, for our nerd score. I think he ended up being a top. I think he was ten in our running back rankings, right behind uh, like DJ uh, DJ Dallas, Zach Moss, some of those kind of guys. So. He, he had a very good tape score for
0: us. So don't get into too much because, again, we're gonna, we have a long show ahead of us today covering these yes. uh, divisions. These are always our longest shows. So if you're listening, it's probably going to be a good hour and a half easily. And we have some ads on this show too. So yeah. uh, it's going to push it back a little Buckle bit. So we'll, get, we'll get into a little bit more in depth. Uh, right now, Daryl Henderson. If I have Daryl Henderson, I'm just saying this, I would sell Daryl Henderson uh, unless I'm a contender Right. that um, I'm keeping totally him agree. and I need him. But if not, I'm sure you can get a 23 first for Daryl Henderson right now. Maybe even 23 first plus. I'm making that move. I'm selling him. Uh, Dynasty's all about buying windows. This is a really good window to sell Daryl Henderson. And I am buying Xavier Jones. If not, pick him off your waiver wire.
1: Jake Funk is a seventh-round rookie Um, this past year. um, There were rumors that somebody, somebody was calling him. Like the dumbed down version of CMC, which is just ridiculous. Like on on the coaching staff or something, he was so, everyone
2: always gets compared to
1: Tyreek Hill, right. CMC, like. Yeah. A, a poor man's. The, so Jake Funk, he's a very fast player, uh, uh, and that's kind of what he did.
2: It's he so he, he is talented. I remember watching some of his tape. Yep. It was, was kind of one of the last guys I threw on. His biggest issue was he just was never healthy. He
1: I think he ran it. I think he ran part. like a four two four. Is what oh, wow. is in four, my two four. You mean he four, four, four four two? No. Or That's why Jake Funk's Is name like stuck in, in the back of my, my head. Yeah, I was like, I mean, these are all pro day numbers, right? So it, it wasn't Ow. like an official NFL comment. But that, that's what if I saw it <laughs> with my eyes. Ifs.
0: All right, guys. Well, yeah. Xavier Jones, Funky Town, and uh, Daryl Henderson. There we go. Sell, buy, waiver wire.
1: Yep. Stash, maybe. Stash them
0: up, yeah. 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 Get funky. Uh, so let's get into the show. Uh, AFC, but before we do, we got to tell you about a guy, one of our friends we have not talked about in a couple of weeks here. And that's DynastyDepot.com. Now, as the season approaches, we're running out of time for you to get DynastyDepot.com. And you're like, Rich, why do I go to DynastyDepot.com? Because this is an opportunity to make some money. This opportunity to play for $500,000 as well in the FFPC championship because DynastyDepot.com is all about FFPC leagues leagues that never have seen a dynasty league fold in its existence and that's right now is a website you can go to and buy and sell ffpc teams like you're on ebay uh it's like a stock market it gives you a chance to actually go in today uh as these mocked as these drafts are starting to pick up again as we get to see late july august where some dynasty drafts start to pick up you get into ffpc Draft a team and never ever play that team and sell it for on F on DynastyDepot.com right now for a profit. You could buy thousand dollar teams for steep discounts and turn them around, either win that league or sell them for profit. The big thing here is if you're really good at drafting and you're really good at just forming really good dynasty teams, dynastydepot.com is gonna make let you make some really good profits. If you build a good team, you go into year one, and you win that league, and you win the prize. You can then double dip and resell that team right away for a profit, and you automatically come up four times your entry fee. That's what Dynasty Depot can do for you. And right now, you can get your whole yearly package and see what teams you want to get for only $14.99 a year, and that's using that promo code NERDS. Use that promo code NERDS right now, and you can win a ton of prizes, buy some really good teams, and again, start drafting some good teams for profit. And right now, the Dynasty Nerds mock draft in any app store right now on your phone. You can get that for free with the most accurate Dynasty mock draft tool on the market today to help you prepare for this as well or any other start startups you're going to do. DynastyDepot.com. Use that promo code Nerds and uh, make some money. What do you little guys think little quick
1: that? note on Jake Funk. It was a four four three. Um, so I don't know who I was thinking of. Okay, with the I was gonna say part. like
2: he—he he definitely looked fast. Yeah. but I, I'm, I wasn't re- prepared for Chris Johnson.
0: Yeah, I thought we'd have heard of that too. Ugh. Gosh,
1: me and my bad information.
0: Only if we edit these shows, we'd just edit that nonsense right out of here. <laughs> Lucky you, you get
1: to unbelievable. Hear
0: it. Yep. Cut that out, jeez. <laughs> Cut it All right, out. let's get into the first team on top of the list is the AFC East would be who? Buffalo Bills. Alphabetically, it would be the Buffalo Bills. Oh. Talent-wise, it'd be the Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay. True statement. Dynasty asset-wise, Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills depth chart, courtesy of rlads.com. So, of course, we want to thank rlads.com for providing us these very uh, good depth charts. You know, but again, just temporary because the season hasn't started yet. But <laughs> Buffalo Bills quarterback depth chart looking like this. Josh Allen at quarterback, Mitch Trubisky behind him, Ooh. and Jake Fromm. <clears throat> quarterback controversy. almost lost my breath a little over clump Uh, running back we got zach moss Devin singletary matt burrito who they just paid 1.1 million dollars to and taiwan jones at wide receiver stefan diggs one of the best dynasty assets out there today yeah matt Matt. Mm mhm gabriel davis cole beasley emmanuel sanders who they also just signed and paid him six million dollars Isaiah hodgins jake kumaro duke williams at tight end Real skimpy, real skimpy. I mean, if we we're going swimming, this would be a hot. You know, it would be hot being the skimpy, but we're not. We're not. Dawson it's Knox, Yep. Tommy Sweeney, Jacob Hollister. Sweeney Todd. No, no, no. Tommy Sweeney. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. close though. Yeah, give it up there, giant up. So let's start. Out, let's just start right there at tight end. Super thin. I, I, I still think there's a very good chance to end up with Zach Ertz. I think it's them or Indianapolis. But if not, they do have. They're giving Dawson Knox, the former third-round pick, a lot of time here because they didn't do anything. Tommy Sweeney, Jacob Hollister, serviceable NFL tight ends, but not dynasty tight ends. And obviously, Dawson Knox has got to come in here. He's got to produce because he just can't catch the football. And we talked about him on one of our, our sneaky kind of uh, buy low episodes. And right now, his best game came in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. He had six catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown touchdown. But he actually scored a touchdown in both playoff games. But right now, he's just his hands have been a complete disaster. What do you think about Dawson Knox? Do you think he's just a a, a tight end too? Which is if, if you're a mid range tight end too, you might as well be a ghost.
1: I mean, I think he has upside. Uh, you know, obviously, we've mentioned it on the podcast before that he was late to the game as far as um, making the switch to tight end. Uh, was a quarterback that he played? Yep. Before that, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he has some untapped potential, and he did go out in the offseason and work with a hand-eye coordination specialist in order to uh, kind of clean up some of those hands issues. I, I mean, I think this is one of those – this is his third year, and it's make or break for him. And, and they, they don't have a lot behind him. I think Jacob Hollister is the, the next closest thing to a uh, fantasy producer uh, from the tight end position. And, and I think if he falters, they'll bring him in because I think – Hollister, you know, he has a rapport going back to college with with, um, Josh Allen, and he can catch passes. That's what he's good at. That's what he does. So he's not necessarily the best blocker, but he's a guy that can go out there and catch passes. Which all that matters for fantasy football. Yeah, so this is the make or break, I think, uh, for Dawson Knox here with the
0: Bills. What, What could help Dawson Knox
2: would actually probably hurt the team overall, but there's a lot of questions about what could potentially happen with Cole Beasley? You know, he said that he could just walk away right now and be fine. There's a lot of controversy around it, and, and, that,
1: and that's uh, to to go in a little deeper. That's all it centers all around the, the protocols that for COVID. For he COVID, does yep. he does not want to get um, the vaccine, and he's basically you know I'm going to retire if they put up sanctions against players that do have COVID or, or that won't get the COVID vaccine. Exactly, and so
2: if that does help happen, that doesn't help necessarily the team of the wide receiver core, but it would potentially give a slight boost to Dawson Knox uh value at, at for fantasy football because Stefan Diggs is gonna get Stefan Diggs no matter what. But sure. Gabe Davis and Emmanuel Sanders are probably gonna be doing some more big things down the field. A lot of the underneath stuff was typically Cole Beasley. And so Dawson Knox could maybe steal some of those targets. I think that's best case scenario for him, but we're still, we're still looking at a guy that's that's a dart throw.
0: Yeah, and Ke- Cole Beasley, if he does not... If something happens with him here, it, it is a big loss for some pe- people because Cole Beasley last year was a championship-caliber player. which is two receptions. You know, yeah, I mean, a wide receiver 2, essentially, which is a championship-caliber player. These are the perfect kind of players that you would want to target when you're making championship cali- uh, A run. Players that you can get, they're going to give you wide receiver 2 numbers for a steep discount. You know, Cole Beasley could have been had for a third going into last season, and he would have helped you win a fantasy football championship. And right now... We don't know where it's gonna go because if he does not make the team, 40 48% of the targets last year went to either Stefan Diggs or Cole Beasley. That's where Josh Allen was going. And Josh Allen, somebody who on first down, he would throw the football a ton. I mean, this is somebody who would come out and just get rid of the football um right away. They threw a, a ton on first down and they were the recipients. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, a wide receiver one, Cole Beasley a wide receiver two. And then like you mentioned, they signed Emmanuel Sanders. Stretch the field. Gabe Davis, the big second-year wide receiver. He could see a, a, an uptick there. But maybe Emmanuel Sanders could slide in that Cole Beasley role. And maybe he, he could be end up being a sneaky wide receiver three. He could be. Low-end wide receiver two. I would lean towards wide receiver three at his age, I was going to say, that's traditionally, what the value might be.
1: traditionally, I think Emmanuel Sanders worked down the field a little bit more. But now that he's getting oh, older, he's coming off an Achilles, he might be able to slide right into a role where he's working the underneath. He's getting open on these short routes, uh, similar to a, a Cole Beasley, if they do end up trying to like move on from him. And there's, there's rumors from one of the beat writers, I believe, said they could move on from him just so he's not a distraction. So it might not even be that he retires. They might just cut him if he threatens to retire, sure, um, and, and the the money lines up, they would save four million dollars against the cap if they did decide to move on from Cole Beasley. So it's not it's not something that's out of the realm of possibilities um, from a financial standpoint. So I guess we'll see how that one shakes out. I, I certainly think they have enough talent at the wide receiver position that if they decided to, they could. I don't think it would be a great move because I think to, I think Cole Beasley and Josh Allen have a good rapport. They do. Um, So I don't think that'd be the the, the smartest move. From that standpoint, but if they just want to eliminate a distraction and kind of, I don't know if he's become a cancer in the in the in the locker room or distraction in the locker room, saying you know like guys don't get vaccines and they really want guys to get vaccines. Well, I mean, who the heck knows? You know, so if they do end up moving on from Cole Beasley, it's probably. A, for a bunch of reasons that sure. that don't have to do with football,
0: it's an interesting situation to monitor because this is a team that produced two high-end wide receivers and look for them to do the same this year. Everything's still in place. You still got Brian Dable there, who will be a head coach most likely in twenty twenty two. Like I mentioned, no team threw the ball more, even on first down, than the Buffalo Bills. Like literally, no team they threw on first down sixty two percent of the time. This is a team like to like to throw the ball because Josh Allen. Took a massive step forward into this season. And we're talking about a guy in his first couple of seasons. He was only completing fifty six percent of his passes. Um it's, only- D-
1: it's Dayball and Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, they they paid and, and kept around. That's his quarterback coach, and they're kind of grooming him, I think, to be the eventual offensive coordinator. Super
0: smart quarterback, yep. had high success there for uh, for Miami. For Miami. Yeah. And you know, Josh Allen, after the first couple of years, completing fifty six percent of his passes, only threw for five thousand one hundred sixty three yards, thirty touchdowns in his first couple of years. Comes out last year and completes 69.2% of his passes. He threw for 4,544 yards and 37 touchdowns. I have never in my life seen a quarterback of somebody coming out that I was really worried about as a prospect. His arm was always one of the most beautiful things, but his accuracy was like somewhat yeah. of an issue. Come out and put it together like he did. They take this massive leap forward, not only with his yards, with his touchdowns, but with his accuracy, almost at 70%. And he's basically everything you would have hoped Cam Newton could be. This big, strong, powerful guy who can rush for first downs, he can rush for touchdowns, but all of a sudden now he's being really accurate with the football with a cannon for an arm. I mean, there's a reason for me, I don't know where you guys stand about Josh Allen, but Josh Allen for me, is my quarterback number two overall in Dynasty Fantasy Football. I cannot pass up his rushing ability because some of those rushing quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, they don't have the frame to sustain that. You know, like as long as Cam Newton did, for example, where Cam Newton was a top six quarterback for six, seven years there, Josh Allen can maintain that. But what he also brings now is showing that he could be potentially later down that Big Ben, big body pocket passer too. When needed. So he offers all spectrums of that dynasty fantasy football quarterback. If I was in a super flex league, I would take Josh Allen number two overall.
1: He's number two on my list as well.
0: I think I have him at three, but that's splitting hairs
2: basically.
1: And, and it's it's for all those same reasons you just said. I mean, it, you know, he came into the league and we knew that he had a huge arm and we knew he was going to add some rushing total. We didn't know how much, and then he kind of came on, and that was his thing. That was that was how he was scoring points. But then then he comes out and makes this huge leap um, from a passing standpoint and an accuracy standpoint. And there's, and like you said, like you'd mentioned, he's got the frame. He has a frame that will hold up. He is 250 pounds. You know what I mean? And he's six foot four. He can he can take a beating and keep on going. I think as he as he continues to evolve, if he does want to have this, you know almost 20 year, 15, 20 year career, he's going to probably have to run a little bit less and throw a little bit more, but his trajectory, as far as, you know, the learning curve and how much he's improving in his passing, I think he can do that and still maintain a pretty high ceiling uh, from a fantasy perspective.
2: And I, and I think we can't overlook how much Stefan Diggs really helped him last year too. going from, you know, the the receivers that he had before sure. to a legitimate bonafide wide receiver one just adds so much more confidence for you as a passer, a guy that you're willing to take a chance on at Mm -hmm. times where, you know, you might've held back before or the DB might've made a play because the receiver's not going up and getting the ball the same way. So I think Stefan Diggs changed the mentality a lot for Josh Allen as well. And, and those two get to be, I mean, Stephon Diggs is in his prime. Those two are going to get to be together for the next two, three, four seasons And I think we're going to see a lot of good fantasy football magic with that combo.
0: He's in all this without a strong running game, which, you know, I expect to take a step forward this year. And he brings so much to the game. His his legs and his power bring so much to the game. He's the only quarterback to ever rush for seven touchdowns or more in his first three seasons in the league. Only quarterback to ever do that. I mean, he pounds it when it gets to the end zone. Like, again, he's kind of like what we hate about, like, Cam Newton. It's like, okay, you get inside to five. Yeah, but the running back in Carolina, like, Cam's going to run it in. Oh, there's D'Angelo Williams. Cam's going to run it in, though. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Josh Allen. He's going to he's gonna hurt the running back there because when you're inside the five, there's a high chance he's going to take it in there for the touchdown. And at this point, none of the running backs have really established
2: themselves as true bell cow, you know, good running backs in the league. It'll be interesting to see the split between Singletary and Moss this year. And, and even maybe a little bit of a little bit of Matt Breda sprinkled in there here and there because he's got the speed that the other two don't have. But it's going to be really tough to trust any one of those three guys on a consistent basis this year. I would assume that Zach Moss is going to be the most consistent, but even there, you would be thrilled if he ended up being running back 24.
1: I would be. I I mean, as a person that has Zach Moss and got him, you know, last year in the I think late second, I, I would be super happy if if Zach Moss was ended up anywhere and sniffing running back two numbers personally.
0: Yeah, it, what sucks is that situation is it's going to be probably a, a three headed monster. Mm-hmm. Last it, year we we're looking at touches. Uh, Devin Singletary out touched Zach Moss one hundred forty two to one hundred twenty six. Now Zach Moss did get. The goal line area so like the most important part is like who's gonna get if i'm gonna take a running back who's gonna be the running back in the goal line for that potential it was zach moss and i like zach moss as a prospect you know really good contact balance uh really good at making players miss i think zach moss has a good chance to take a big step forward here because even though their offensive line was like okay last year they their running backs got hit on over 40 percent of their carries they were dead last in the league the Buffalo Bills running backs were dead last when it came to get in contact behind the line of scrimmage last year. So their running backs there weren't... Because they're so slow. They weren't getting a really fair shake, and they're not explosive <laughs> off the line That's there. The,
1: yeah, that is one thing for sure.
0: So, I mean, they also is a team that were just not giving their running backs a lot of opportunity, they too. Were. They were really took a big step forward in a passing game. This is a team that just averaged 21, a little slightly over 21 touches per game, which was in the bottom three of the NFL last year. So with those amount of touches right now, those running backs just didn't have the opportunity to come in and score like they wanted to. Now, Brian Dable is a very innovative offensive coordinator. He did a really good job at like switching things up throughout the season. Sure. And going into the season, he might want to switch this now so you can't get a dead beat on these guys. And maybe they will get Zach Moss a little bit more involved. So going back to the running back, I am worried about the three-headed monster but all, and I would to call them a monster, a three, I wouldn't either. a three headed puppy, right? Like <laughs> it's cute. Like you want to pet it, but you know, I don't know if you want to take it home. If I did have to take one, you know, if I did have to take one of these guys, like, right? Like, Hey, we got to cut this puppies. You know, we can only save one. <laughs> Who are you saving? Right. We got to get rid of two of these heads. I'm sorry. I know nobody. It's hey, tough decisions when you got puppies. Right?
1: For me, it's Zach Moss. Bray does not Moss. even, he's not even guaranteed to be on this roster the money. Says so. I mean, he's only he's getting paid like the league minimum, basically, and there's one point
0: one million. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, it's so it's Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Devin Singletary out snapped, out touched last year, but but Zach Moss
2: also missed three games, so that true plays into that. I would probably take Zach Moss barely. Uh, It is tempting in full point PPR leagues because I do think Devin Singletary will be the more active pass catching back. But at the end of the day, I, I just feel a little bit better about the overall volume that I believe Zach Moss will have.
0: Because they can produce there. Josh Allen helps. I mean, even though they were dead last in touches and they're really bad at getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage. As a group, they did average five yards per carry. I mean, they're a top 13 uh, when it came to actually yards per carry. Once per they game.
1: get rolling, man. Once they get rolling.
0: I, I think there's a strong likelihood, though, that the leading rusher
2: in 2022 is probably not on this team.
1: Most likely. Most likely, unless Zach Moss establishes himself. Yeah, I, he think would have to take, I think he would have to
2: take a big step forward because – I think you he's the only that, one that could. Yeah. You look at that offense, especially if they end up getting a guy like Zach Ertz, that's, that's the only hole then. Uh, their their line's pretty solid overall. Good receiver, good quarterback. like. It, it's really just, can we get a running back so
0: we don't have to have Josh Allen plunging in at the goal line? It, it It's the best gamble you can make. Now, it all depends where you're getting your information from, like what's the value on Zach Moss. Like if you're a big fan of Michelle and Kate, uh, the Ball Blast, our friends, the Ball yeah. Blast girls at Ball Blast, um, the Ball Blast podcast, there's another uh, great podcast as well that does Dynasty yep, do and his football. If you are a big fan of them, then Zach Moss is like... And I'll be all. And all be all. You know what I mean? Like, they, it's they think he's the second coming of... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But they love Zach Moss. So the price is going to be more Thurman valuable Thomas. There. Thurman Thomas. Another oh, wow. Buffalo nice. Bills running back. You know Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders were on the same roster? Yeah, isn't That's that crazy? crazy? Isn't that insane? Yeah. That's insane. I mean, you have Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas goes to Bill, Bills and then Barry Sanders comes out and has literally the greatest college football year in the history of college football. My favorite running back of all time, Barry Sanders, the best.
1: He's amazing. Yeah. So,
0: what would you pay? Would you? So, if you had to buy Zach Moss, right? Like, I came to you, I'm like, dude, you gotta buy Zach Moss. What's the <laughs> most you're paying for Zach Moss? <laughs> you don't have
1: a choice. You have to,
0: sir. You have to. I'm like Liam Neeson, and I'm like, listen, I've got a very. I don't know where you are. Set <laughs> <laughs> of <laughs> skills. But if you don't have Zach Moss by the time I find you, I'm gonna take these skills. And I'm gonna pay the bills. Wow. Oh, wow, look at me. I'm an amateur rap artist all of a sudden. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> then, look at me. Hip yeah, hop anonymous. If you
1: would, that kind of amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would you pay? Would uh, you would you pay, if you're a contender, you're a little thin at running back, you had Cam makers, now you don't, abracadabra. Abracadabra. Lando, Orlando.
1: Orlando. The most I would pay was yes. a second. I wouldn't pay any more. No? No.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like a late second?
1: That would be it. That's
2: yeah, all I could hey, do. I would have to be confident that my I was giving my pick. And I'm a true contender. Okay, because I'm not. I'm not giving anything in the top fifteen or so. I
0: yeah, I'm the same way. I'd pay anywhere from pick two eight to two twelve. I have no problem paying for Zach Moss and go for that upside because all running backs are in a hashtag two to three year window. All of them. We did a show if you want to look it up last year on odds of being a running back one
1: more than once. We don't Gosh. have the statistics right in front of us, but it was like what seventeen percent. It was something real ridiculous. It, it maybe a touch twenty, but it was it was. It was not much.
0: And the odds of being a running back one more than two years, it dropped all the way down to like 6%. Yeah, you're like in, you're It just, in just got worse yep. and worse. So the odds of you being a running back for three years is literally out of all the running backs, slim to none, like literally slim to none. That's why we always use that in the nice and nerd show and website hashtag two, three year window. It has to refer the running backs because no matter what you think of these players, that's what you're going to get yep. a, a guy as good as Saquon Barkley. He's only had one running back one season, essentially like where he was just dynamite. Right. Um, so the guys are hard to come by as it is. Let him come. Let him go. Shall we move on?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: The Miami Dolphins hey. located. Guess where? Uh, South Beach. Yes. Florida. Yes. Miami, Georgia. <laughs> Quarterbacks Tua Tuga Viola. Jacoby Brissett. No more Ryan Fitzpatrick to come here. Look all awesome. He's on Washington. Now we're going to talk about him next show. Um, Locked in is the guy. Running back, Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, Jared Dokes, Patrick Laird. Patrick Laird. Uh one guy got his tattoo, just not very good. I mean why do they have S- uh Savon Ahmed all the way down at like the last possible running back? I don't know, because I would take he Salvin got, Ahmed over Patrick. Yeah, carries it then the last time. Yeah, year.
2: When, when uh when, Gaskins when Gaskin went down, yeah. he played well. Yeah, it's he's, interesting.
0: I thought he was a good prospect. Yeah, he, he's was, definitely in the mix. What's what about Laird too? Like if Laird's on the field, guess what? They're the passing the ball, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, all the time. wide receiver, they got Devontae Parker. They got Jalen Waddell, the f- sixth overall pick. Will Fuller, who they just signed, Mr. P.E.D. himself. Preston Williams, uh, a guy who we used to like.
1: He'll be missing the first game.
0: Will be missing. Why?
1: <laughs> As He's- a result. He's a Ped dispenser. of a
0: Lynn Bowden Jr., who uh, was, like, a high draft pick, and then the Raiders were like, dude, you got to go. You're not In a running back. Camp. Well, I'll <laughs> see you later. Jakeem Grant, who got a good contract at one point, and we're like, why is this guy getting paid? And sure enough, dolphins are probably wondering the same thing. Alan Hearns. You they're, might remember. They're Hearns. finally able to get
1: out from underneath him. they can finally cut Jakeem grant, by the way, without, oh, without he's you know, gone. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. gone.
0: Alan Hearns who opted out last year. He might be out. And then Robert Foster, former bills. They could save uh, a, l- a
1: little bit on the cap. If they cut Alan okay. Hearns
0: at tight end, Mike is Hunter long, who they drafted in the third round and Chris Myrick. So let's start at the top here. Let's talk about Tua a Um, One thing I noticed last year about Tua Tagovailoa, there was like two Tua's, right? One where Tua was in eleven personnel and Tua looked absolutely disastrous. Then there's other Tua who was in twelve personnel and Tua looked pretty good. I mean, he had a pretty solid uh, record there. He averaged six point three yards per attempt, which was not good. He was thirty seventh in the league. Completed sixty four percent of his passes for one thousand eight hundred fourteen yards. Had eleven touchdowns, five interceptions. He had nine starts, or going back and forth, but he was six and three in those starts. What do you guys think about Tua? Like, is he a product of Alabama, where he was just surrounded by an absorbent amount of talent, or is he a really good small left handed prospect for Miami that's going to take him to where they need to go? A team that was on the cusp of the playoffs last year with ten wins. Yes.
1: Great analysis, Garrett. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? That's what, that's why I said yes. Yeah. Um, I think he's good enough for what they need. I think. I think last year was a, a tough way to enter the to enter the league, especially injured uh, with the serious hip injury that he had, and, and really getting nothing in the off season at all. Um, going as far as training, as far as practices, any of that kind of stuff. I think he was very limited in all that uh, activity. So this, you know, and you could, you could see it on the field in his body. He, he looked like he wasn't able to work out. He looked skinny. He looked small. Um, and I think, I think we're going to see a different guy this year that, that was, that's able to, you know, go throughout a whole professional off season of workouts. And, and, you know, there, there has to be a little bit of of fear in anyone's mind when you have a very serious injury like he did and then you come back and you're playing at a higher level than you did when you when you had that injury um so hopefully all that hopefully he got all that behind him now and he's just able to kind of move forward because i think he's a very effective very accurate passer and that's what i saw at alabama and he's never going to be a guy that's that's throwing it way downfield. I don't think that's part of his game. I, I do think he he operates or he will operate in a in a traditional, like almost West Coast, very close to the line of scrimmage type of offense. I think that's the best fit for him. We'll see how they end up using him. But I think, you know, getting a guy like Jalen Waddle helps. Uh, I don't know that a guy like Will Fuller, who, you know, traditionally has been a downfield guy, I'm, I don't see that as a great fit for him. But
0: well, they just didn't have that as a team. Because like you mentioned, I mean – Tua Tagovailoa last year, he might as well have been on pressure luck because he had double whammies everywhere. I mean, it was yes. not going good for him. And what they didn't have for – I mean, look at his target, look at his weapons last year. That, I think Lin the, Bowden Jr., Devontae Parker, Mike Isicki. I think Devontae Parker is a fine NFL receiver. I think McGa- Mike Gasicki is a great tight end, but he didn't have anything going around well, for him. And
2: for most of – I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the games towards the end of the season, which is where we saw him struggle the most was those last few games there. Parker was out. Gasicki was hurt. Like, all of the Preston Williams was gone. Like, literally his top receivers were like Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden Jr. Like, those were his top receivers. Like, how do you expect a guy to perform with nobody to throw? Like, we saw with Baker Mayfield last year. All of his receivers were out one game. He didn't play very well. It's tough when you don't have a rapport. You don't have a rhythm. All of your best assets are not there. But the two games before that, you know, dreadful last two or three games there – he went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. He beat, uh, well, they they're not that great, but he beat Cincinnati, had a very good game. Like, he had put together some very good games before that. Just all the wheels kind of fell off there at the end of the season, and they put him in, and then they took him out. And then right. they put him back in again. And, like, it's just so hard to win that way. It's so hard to get a rhythm that way. Just, there were so many things that went wrong. For him to still have had as solid of a year as he did with the overall numbers... Are surprising as it is.
0: Yeah, a hard spot to be in. You know, coming with a hip injury, coming into a COVID year, no off season. Then you find yourself on a team that's competing to make the playoffs. So any kind of little mistake you make, the team has no patience. They got to get Ryan Fitzpatrick in, who could come out there and win because they they're trying to win. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where to it could, get, get, where Tua could go from this year because. He's a good buy low for me. We mentioned like what Will Fuller could do, what Jalen Waddell could do. They had nobody in that team that could open up the defense, right? They had nobody can get past that line of scrimmage and take the top off at all. And now they have that. And they bring in a guy like Jalen Waddell who, Jalen Waddell comes in and he's somebody who operated the slot most of the time at Alabama. Uh, He's somebody that lined up in the slot at 68% of the time while he played at Alabama. And to go back to Tua, when Tua was at Alabama, he actually preferred to target the slot. He targeted the slot wide receiver 40% of his snaps. It wasn't until last year where they got completely away from it at the NFL level. So this is somebody that who's going to help him a ton mm-hmm. as well. And Jalen Waddell, obviously elite weapon. I think he could do a lot. It kind of shows a lot by taking him a six where they want to go with two of there as well. And Gasicki because Gasicki is somebody who's an extremely athletic very, tight end. Yep. Um, very talented, finishing the top six tight end last year one of the top spark score uh, tight ends coming out, going into year three, which is usually the big breakout year for tight ends as well. So, or was last year? No, year last three? year was three. This last is this is which last year of his rookie deal. Which was his breakout year. I'm yep. sorry. Going into year four mm-hmm. with more weapons around him. You mentioned they bring in Will Fuller. I'm not a fan of Will Fuller whatsoever. I know just the Deshaun Watson uh, stats with and without Fuller are there. But again, I think Will Fuller helps an NFL team more than a... Uh, your NFL t- fantasy team because the best ability is availability. And what Wolfuller does not give you as a 27-year-old who had to take PEDs to finally stay healthy is he can't stay healthy. This is a guy who's never played a full season in approximately 55% of all total games possible. So he's literally there half, half the time, time you need him. Yeah. I mean, I can't have players like that in my dynasty roster. Like, because when I need them, they're not there. Or they're going to get hurt at some point in the game, and they're going to cost me a W. And I can't feel comfortable with a player of Will S- Fuller' stature of one. He's out there taking the peds. Two, he can't stay healthy, and he's a big play receiver. Now, who now they have Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Gasicki out there? Like, he's an asset for me that I've been saying for every single year. Anytime Will Fuller comes out and has a couple of good games on this podcast, we've said a hundred times: sell sell sell, 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 sell.
1: Yep. Don't forget about Preston Williams too. I mean. He's I like Williams. He, he's very he's, talented. He's coming off an injury as well, so we'll see how he comes back. And he, you know, it could end up being Devonte Parker and Preston Williams on the outside, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle in the slot, and 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 Will Fuller. I think they
0: paid Will Fuller too much money to even let that happen. Ten I mean, million
1: bucks. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Preston Williams, what wasn't he undrafted? Right, he was yeah, undrafted. He was undrafted yeah. Really high upside. Preston Williams, is the kind of guy like when he finally leaves. My, does he make the team this year? Like he goes somewhere else. Like. I'm a little bit more excited. Like, he can get some... But he falls in the category now, he's like, he's Rashard Higgins. You know what I mean? Like, sure. somebody who's a talented receiver who can play to the next Flyer. level, a really good number three, but like, his his dynasty value is now just plateaued. Like, he's a very bottom-of-the-roster guy, gonna be on the waiver wire in some leagues. And yeah, when he gets some opportunity, he's gonna be the guy to get, come in there and put up a 25-point game for you. But you just never know when that's gonna come. Right. But I do like the player. I just think his dynasty value is literally falling out and I don't see it coming back up the tide's gone how
2: do how are we feeling about these running backs because Gaskin even going into week one we had no clue that he was going to be the starter uh last year we we all thought it was gonna be Matt Breda and then all of a sudden whoop, Miles Gaskin's the guy and, and he had a really good season
0: really good season we in on him we out on him we I'm selling um it, we saw during the draft that the Dolphins were in on a running back. They wanted a running back and they just couldn't maneuver the right pieces to get the running back they wanted. And that was that was made known. So they're in a position Miles Gaskin is probably not gonna be the running back on his team in twenty twenty
1: two. We said that last year, by the way he's not going to be the starting running back in 2020. I don't think he will either. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make it to 2022 as the starting running back. Cause I think it was Javante Williams, right? That they were trying to get jumped Denver jumped over him. Um, and I, and, Weren't there a couple other guys that they were in on too, and they ended up missing, or, or am my uh, that that out? I'm not sure about? But okay. we know
2: with this draft class, it was like you either get one of the top three, yeah. or you might as well kind of wait a it's while.
1: It's the reason why
0: Denver traded up because they knew Miami was going to take him. That right. that was where the report came out. They wanted the running back.
1: Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, he he's a replaceable guy in, in my opinion, and they're going to end up replacing him. I think he's serviceable for what they, serviceable. for what they need, you know, right now. But he's he's better served probably as your. Number two guy or your or number three guy, maybe uh, it's what he put up
0: last year. He put up those running back two numbers. He finished um his sixteen point four points per game on a PPR basis was thirteenth best. He only played in ten games, had one hundred eighty three touches for nine hundred seventy two yards and five touchdowns. His ninety seven point two yards per game average with ten best amongst running backs. He did get nineteen point three touches per game too, which is ninth best amongst all running backs. So. They used him and he, he produced and he was a really efficient um, in the passing game where he wasn't really good at all was the goal line. Uh, he only got in three times nine taps for it, which kind of makes me somewhat, they, they drafted Jared dokes jokes is 228 pounds. He's got the, the body for it, but they also bring in Malcolm Brown mm-hmm. and Malcolm Brown showed some promise there in LA times for uh, uh, LA at times where he looked efficient enough. So if they're going to bring him in to be the goal line back and least. Team can take a step forward. This could turn into a mix of Malcolm Brown and Miles Gaskin, and there might be some value there for your dynasty team to buy Malcolm Brown or try to acquire Malcolm Brown because Miles Gaskin played in ten games last year. If Miles Gaskin can't hold up, or he, like most running backs misses a couple games, Malcolm Brown might come in and produce that thirteenth best points per game basis, but actually get it in on the uh, in the red zone because where most running back value could come take a big spike in overall fancy football finishes is obviously the touchdown production. Malcolm Brown could do what miles Gaskin couldn't do and actually put it into the end zone. It, it will be interesting to see what happens because
2: last year, uh, the, the offense was really predicated on speed. They built everything around speed, but they do have new offensive coordinators They're actually doing co-offensive coordinators, uh, with Eric Studsville and, and, uh, George Godsey, which I don't know who he is. I've never, I, I believe he was on the team already. Uh, so there could be a slight shift in philosophy, and that's where a guy like Malcolm Brown could benefit from that, because otherwise it might still be you know someone like Ahmed that comes in and, and right. It was
1: it was Chan Gailey last year. Chan right? Gailey,
2: yep, and then oh. he ended up uh, just doing the one and done and 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 retiring again. <laughs> so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens if the offense is still predicated on the run game so much on speed, or if they try to incorporate a little bit more of the power running techniques. I don't know what's going to happen. I we don't have any record on these guys yet, so we're kind of flying blind with the, as far as that goes. And yeah. Dokes
1: isn't he, he's not without talent either. So I mean that he was a sixth or seventh round draft, pick. seventh round pick, yeah. And, and we've seen guys come out of nowhere before. Maybe this is the guy that comes out sure. of nowhere this year. And you know, if he gets a little opportunity, maybe uh, Gaskins goes down early or something like sure. that. I mean he's two hundred and twenty eight pounds and so he, he is the more prototypical, I think, size uh for a running back. I
2: like to state too, I, he so was one of those guys I. that I kinda forgot had come out. Mm-hmm. And then when he got drafted, I was like, shoot, I never like I never like broke him down, broke him down all the way. Right. I, went, I forgot he he was coming out.
1: I went back and kinda scrambled and watched so him. Yeah. I and I did like what I he has some shiftiness for a Cincinnati big, yep. for a big man. So um I guess we'll see. Um, if you,
0: you talked about him late when he did come out, you're like all oh, the Cincinnati running back, Jared Dokes, a big running back who does have a little, you know, his feet are got good feet. Yeah, he does. For a guy of his size. Guy. Interesting to watch again. I'm selling miles Gaskin. Me too. Uh, Me too. And for anything unless you know, if you're a contender I, and he's your third running back, it, it's a great it. opportunity. Again, sometimes where, you know, disaster presents always great opportunity, you know, where injuries is as sad as they are and heartbreaking for that player. We, we have, we, we got to look at, you know, um, from a dynasty perspective, I think, uh was it J.J. Zachariah? Zacharyson? Uh, Zacharyson said that today. Like, somebody called him cold-blooded. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm a fancy football analyst. So my job. What I'm looking for it. It's my job. I never want anybody to get hurt. But when that happens, you know, we're playing Dynasty. This isn't even a redraft. We have to find opportunities and Windows. Dynasty is a game of Windows. When these opportunities open and when they close to buy players or, on other hand, sell players. Right now, it might be a good opportunity to sell Miles Gaskin. You approach this player, you use these stats, you show where he finished last year, where he averaged per game. Maybe you can get a 2023 first for Miles Gaskin. Oof. You know, maybe you can amazing. get a player, maybe there's a young player that a rookie this year that was drafted that you want for Miles Gaskin. You know, again, not every league, but it can work out that way for a team that thought they were a contender. Other players on the Dolphins, who do you guys like? Uh, obviously Mike Siki is a is a good name here amongst tight ends. We had a top six finish. Where do you view Mike Gasicki? amongst dynasty value when it comes to tight ends so obviously we have we have tier one travis kelsey uh darren waller kyle pitts uh that's probably a pretty clear tight end one right now amongst dynasty analysts and uh players tier two mark andrews uh tj hawkinson tj yeah.
1: hawkinson dallas goddard. dallas
0: goddard where does mike is fall in that room because to me he's 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 at the door that's of where, that window. That's
1: where he is. He's he's right below. He's in he's in the third tier. I think with a a this could be the year where he goes up into that tier. He's got he it's definitely great. has the potential. Um, he has the upside to get there with his athleticism. And, and it's, it's just be a matter, years yeah, old. It's yeah. just a matter of Super putting young. it all together and, and, and getting it. Um, I think finally a cohesive kind of vision. I think it's nice that they finally have a quarterback um, that they're kind of committing to long term. And and unfortunately for him, it's in the last year of his deal. So, I mean, right now it's like... Those are easiest deals to get done now. Tight ends, I feel like they are pretty easy.
0: I mean, you're giving a tight end $10 million a year and they are happy. Like It's the easiest deal to get done in my eyes. The,
2: the, The difficult part for him is going to be the fact that they did add a lot more talent at the wide receiver position. So there's going to be a lot of targets going there. And then they did add a Hunter Long. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of Hunter Long... You know, we've, we did see, like, Cleveland's a great example where you have a, a, a good tight end, but when there's that second tight end there, too, that does eat into a little bit of the target share. So I think we could
0: have potentially seen his ceiling at tight end six. I say, I, I disagree. I I think the fact that Tua strives so much in 12 personnel, sure. that they're going to have to go back there because they're going to have to work with them. They're going to get back in there. So they're going to have to go. I think if they were smart, you know, I think they would go back to that. And use that more, which is going to benefit a guy. But that's like not Mike how Sikhi. they just
2: built the team. They just built it, investing a bunch of wide receivers.
0: I understand as well what they want to do here. For me, I if I had it, out, of that, out of that group we just talked about, I don't think there's another tight end out there right now that I would want over Mike Kosicki in a startup draft.
1: I mean, you're talking Hunter Henrys. You're talking, oh, and, and yep. you know Hunter Henry and J- Jan- uh John Smith. Johnny Smith or, I, we're yeah. talking about I them think, next.
2: I think that the tough part is like I just don't
0: know how his ceiling gets any higher than, than what it is right now. I don't. Now. I don't. Okay, one. I don't need it to be higher, but there's no reason he can't be. Robert Tunyon and finish a tight end four, right? Like sure, just, but he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, and it, I understand that.
1: I but how it gets higher is you know Will Fuller's used as a guy that just goes long and they don't throw to him all that much you mm-hmm. know you know he's on the field but he's not doing much and then Devonte Parker you know who knows maybe he does fade back a little he's only had Devonte Parker had the one good year i mean it's not sure. like he's been amazing or anything like that they can get out from underneath his contract at the after this season and and save money against the cap so you know, that's kind of the road for him to get relevant, I think is to become one of these top two guys in the offense and it's him and then it's Jalen Waddle and then it's everyone else. And that's, I, I, just, that's don't the see, route, I just don't
2: you know. see a world where he passes
0: TJ Hawkinson. I don't see a world where he passes Mark Andrews. I don't see a world where but he, he like passes. But he doesn't have guys. to because as, as as it goes on, Travis Kelsey falls off. He's 31. Darren Waller's 28. You know I mean like he doesn't have to, and to have a tight end that's going to put up his numbers, right around that 5 6 overall. That holds a lot of value. And he could have a very similar path to like someone like a Zach Ertz. But I mean, the fact that he's already doing this at 24 25 already finished at this range with his athleticism. I mean, you got to look back. If you watched last year, Mike Kosicki was making some spectacular For sure he's a great one-handed athlete. one handed catches. I think I think he falls in a where I'm kind of going back to him of like I think he could join like this next category where if he outproduced some of those guys you mentioned, if he outproduced Mark Andrews, it wouldn't shock me, but his value is just so much lower. And I'm not saying it's on a year-in-year-out basis, but when you have a tight end of what he can do, not only is it gonna give you consistency, which is tight end six, tight end seven, which is all you can ask for because once you get past six and seven, the difference between tight end seven and tight end 15 we're talking about a point per game sometimes for some of these guys. But if Mike Isiki gives of that value of year in, year out, he's at least top six. And sometimes he finishes because of injury. So you know whether injury or whatnot, or his touchdowns get a bump, he finishes tight in three or four a year here and there. I think there's tremendous value there. And right now, if he does take another year here where he finishes in that category, I like if Robert Tunyon does the same thing, that price goes ways up. Robert Tunyon's twenty eight. Mike Kosicki's 25. To get that young of a player with that athleticism and those hand skills, who was a great prospect coming out of Penn State, to me, falls back to my, my saying of always what well, seems like an overpay today will be an underpay tomorrow. And I don't even think what you're giving up for Mike Kosicki is even an overpay. Because I feel like most people that have Mike Kosicki on their roster is their tight end too. Because they had to go into this past season not know what they got. The league I mentioned where I gave up a first-round pick for mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, my tight end one going into the season was Mike Gesicki. I was a championship-caliber team. I wasn't willing to risk that going into the season. Now I sit here with Dallas Goddard and Mike Gesicki. So the best right. thing that can happen to my team here, because I also have Robert Tunyon on that team, is Mike Gesicki does take that step forward. Now I have Dallas Goddard and Gesicki, and I can now move one of those guys. But the difference for me, though, is I would value him higher. Than most, so gotcha. Do I you, think for most people, like you, you, how you feel, you could buy Mike Gasicki from you.
2: Yeah, you probably could. You probably could. Uh, the two players that I think would be interesting as to who you would want more, uh, Noah Fant. Okay, would you would you want him over Gasicki or no?
0: I think I think Gisicki Cole Comets
2: the other one, so those are the two.
0: I, okay,
1: I'd take him over Cole Comet. Mm-hmm.
0: He's way more athletic than Cole Comet. Yeah, so I'll take him over Cole Comet.
1: Take him over um,
0: Cole. And the reason I would. I'd say they're equal, Noah Fan. The one yeah, thing that worries about Noah, Noah Fan is Noah Fan's hands are worse. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has a much higher drop rate. And Noah Fan's got Corland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. You know what I mean? Like he's he's got way more talented players around him. Mm-hmm. So where I think, like Matt said, they can get out from Devontae Parker, which what they're making him. I easy to see a, a situation here where Mike Gosicki becomes that. George Kittle kind of targeted player. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I And see if the you path think that there. then that makes sense as to why you would know, have Fan's him that. talented, he's the higher draft pick, but Mike I was a second round draft pick. Like he True. was he was a highly dra- highly drafted player. There's a lot of st- things that go to Mike Skezzy's background that are just being shoved aside shoved aside. But all we do in this community as fantasy players talk about is how long it takes for Titans to develop. He did exactly what he was supposed to. In the third year. Which is a year we always talk about. Right, he, he took made, a massive step forward. Um, and,
1: yeah, and 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 to piggyback on the Devonte Parker stuff, he he's in the, he's in the he's the third he's the third highest uh, cap hit of anyone. And right now they only have five million dollars worth of space underneath the cap, and they're twenty six, and they're not operating with a bunch of dead money or anything like that. So they don't have a ton of room to I think grow and kind of expand this roster. And it's it's rel- of,
0: they have lots of draft capital too, which is more reason to get rid of some of these veterans too, because they have exactly. a lot of draft picks coming in.
1: So in order to free up space, obviously the cap is going to go up. Right. Um, we don't know exactly how much, so that'll give some relief. Uh, but if if they get in a bind in any fashion and want to sign somebody in free agency or anything like that, they might have to make a tough decision and get rid of Devonte Parker.
2: Um. So just for just for the record, he finished last year as tight end seven, and the difference between. Him at tight end seven and Jonu Smith at tight end 16 was a 19 point total for the season.
0: 19 point total. Yeah.
2: So
1: That I makes mean, sense. I mean, that, that that's how the tight end market is. But maybe maybe this is the year that he And, and I think that's himself. the difference.
2: I'm not sure that he's going to break into that. And if you guys
1: think he will, then... I think he has an athleticism, too. How about that? He
0: has, sure. a, he has but not just not athleticism. He can run. He runs pretty decent routes, and he's got really good hands. So, like everything I saw, like sure. the last year, like I enjoyed. And like you mentioned before, he got he got banged up last year. He too. Did. Yeah, he missed um, a game or two. They there. have a lot of people around him. At the end of the year, he was really banged up. So, I I am saying I would I would recommend to our audience go out and buy Mike okay. Sicky. and I think the price tag is absolutely where it needs to be that you'll be very happy that you did three years from now for what you paid. It, it would seem like you gave up nothing. And what it seems like an overpay day is underpay tomorrow. That sure. falls right in that category. So before going to our next team, the New England Patriots, Garrett, tell us about our friends over at Prediction Strike. Oh, yeah.
2: Prediction Strike. You get to buy and sell shares of players just like it's the stock market. We're getting closer to the NFL season and you can even go right up until game time. You can't do it during the game, but you can go right up to game time and get shares of these players. So if you're DFS players and you're like, man, so and so's hurt. This guy's hurt. You know, they're they're gonna target him a lot this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just I'm gonna get this player and I'm gonna just get the bump in value for the game. And then I'm gonna sell him right after the game's over. Instant money. Those are the types of things that you can do over at predictionstrike.com or even better yet, download their app on the app store. And if you sign up with the promo code Dynasty, you receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's a promo code Dynasty to receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more over at PredictionStrike.
0: Strike. And just like I mentioned earlier with Dynasty Depot, how we're really going to start seeing uptick in new startup drafts going on right now here's a really good opportunity to join a new way of playing dynasty fantasy football, and that's auction fantasy football. And nobody does it better than realitysportsonline.com, the number one auction website in the world. And you might ask yourself, what is auction fantasy football? It's, well, it's when you start entering contract years and you start entering salaries for players and you bid on these players. And how much is that player worth? Well, that depends on what the rest of your league thinks because you bid on these players and every time you bid, the price goes up. How many years are you going to have them for? How many? How, many, how much are you going to pay them? You know, our friend John Bosch loves auction leagues. It's the only way he'll play, essentially. He's a great person to follow on Twitter to find out You know, more into Dynasty Leagues as well. And Reality Sports Online is going to give you that opportunity to be an NFL owner. It's going to give you that realistic opportunity to actually own an NFL franchise because they have free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, trades, franchise tags, first round option salary cap functionality and so much more and I know it sounds complicated but it's not once you get into reality sports online.com and right now you can test out your general manager skills for free in their mock free agency auction which I highly recommend to everybody give it a try see if you like it and I t- I promise you this is a new way to play dynasty fantasy football and just we all like to expand it right That's awesome. why superflex grew so much yep, it's I a mean, new way to play it new little and right- wrinkle they have a really good opportunity for our listeners right now by using a promo code NERDS. You get 10% off of your team or your entire league today. That's right, 10% off with of the promo code NERDS. Fantasy just got real at reality sports online.com. So now let's get into one of the most ugly situations we've ever seen. Like, this is so bad. Like, if this was a blind date, I would just turn around. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's that bad. And I know it might sound shallow, but hey, I'm me. You're you. Call me names. I don't care. I don't care. This is this is hideous. It's not it's it's not I know not, it's not all about looks. It's
1: not always all about people. looks.
0: <laughs> Look at I'm very shallow.
1: I'm very shallow. It's not always all about looks when you're
0: looks. as ugly as I am, you gotta you gotta do something.
1: And <laughs> what is that thing that you do? I ain't drafting any of these guys. Nope. <laughs> They're bad, man. So really bad. Let's go through the depth chart,
0: right? Yep. Quarterback, Cam Newen. Mac Jones, their first round pick, Brian Hoyer, and they got still got Jared Stidham there. All this is irrelevant because they just drafted Mac Jones it, it, with their first round pick. Cam Newton's gonna be the starter to start the season yeah. at some point. If he can't hold down the fort, Mac Jones is going to come into in and place he's had in shoulder
1: issues. You know, if he can't, if he, if for whatever reason some something like that pro- crops up again, it's it's gonna be Mac.
0: Yeah, running backs: Damian Harris, James White, they brought back Sony Michelle, and they also drafted the fourth round Ramondre Stevenson. Wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, who they signed for two years for $22 million, which was kind of a shock to a lot of people. Jacoby Myers, a hot name in the dynasty community right now. Yeah, but,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, a very good possession receiver. And Nikhil Harry, who wants to leave, but he See can't because he can't get open. And then at tight end, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, Dalton Keene, Devin Asiasi. Let's start there. This team came out and spent more money Anybody else? I know J- John Glosser wrote a really good... We have all these teams, too. Uh, if you're looking for our, uh, a different perspective on these team breakdowns, go to All our writers have done team breakdowns, yep. IDP breakdowns, and rugby breakdowns. And John Glosser at Glosser13 wrote down the Patriots, and he mentioned they led NFL free free spending with $291,531,000, according to SpotRack. And that's a ton of money. And it went all over the place. Like I mentioned... Nelson Aguilar got $22 million for two years. And, of course, they go out They sign Johnnie Smith at tight end. And we're all like, finally, Bill Belichick's got his tight end. Dynasty value through the roof.
1: Ooh, and then a day later or two days later. <laughs> the very next day. It was the very next day. They
0: signed one of the top-rated dynasty rookie, wire, or not, rookie receivers, wire tight ends out there at Hunter Henry. Yep. Flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Flabbergasted. And this is after they traded up twice draft, two tight ends, and Dalton Keene and Devin Asi-Asi. And Asi-Asi in, uh uh is not Spanish. Does not mean so-so? It means so-so. Uh, sorry, Devin. asi uh, uh,
1: means so-so. Uh, a little so-so. No. might even be generous.
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm ugly and bilingual. Look at me. <laughs> look, look at, at me. you, Rich. So the guy, on, they signed both these guys. And the way I look at it is there's no way Hunter Henry signs there if Bill didn't present him like, hey, I know we signed this Johnny. This is how
1: we're going to use you. Yeah. You're going to get this amount of, yeah. So, yeah, they signed Remember us. Remember and Hernandez. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is why people talk about Jacoby Myers. If somebody offered me right now, I'm like, hey, dude, I've got this delicious sandwich right here, and you can have it for Jacoby Myers. Before they can even like, before they can even finish their sentence, I would already have a bite out of that sandwich. It's <laughs> my sandwich. It's <laughs> I mean? mine. Like, you can have your It's Jacobi. mine. Kendrick Bourne, a very nice possession receiver. Matt, I know you're
1: a big Kendrick Bourne fan. Give me a break. I don't like this guy. Guy loves him. <laughs> loves, loves Kendrick him. Bourne. Every
0: time Kendrick walk, walks by, he's like, can you need a back massage? <laughs> loves Kendrick Bourne. Mentioned
1: him one time on the podcast <laughs> as a guy on the roster for San Francisco. And all, all of a sudden, it I like Biggest him. fan. Eh, not, not just a roster. Game. He's like, I kind of like Daniel for some upside. <laughs> no. It was like three years ago. Yeah, I don't I, think I did.
0: Hey, I got a brain. Uh, I can remember you do some stuff. A not just a hat rack, mm. my friend. <laughs> I, got, I can remember some stuff here. So that's what, like, I Nelson think we were bro-
1: talking about Dante Pettis, but then we were talking about other guys on the roster that had Funny more is, upside. Oh, that's everybody. And I was man. like, yeah, no, who was, the, who was the white? Who was
2: the white receiver on the team that you actually oh, liked?
1: Oh man,
2: <laughs> Kendrick Bourne. No, no, he was not. No, there was another guy that he actually did like.
1: Boone. Boone or something. No, I can't Was remember dead his dead name. Penis. I can't remember his name. I'm going to, I'm going to find it. Find it. De- find deep, it. deep study right now. You yep. guys keep talking.
0: So, so obviously this offense is going to go through Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Trent, Trent, Trent. Dilfer.
2: Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, you're on the right track though. I feel what,
0: it. So what do you, where do we value Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry? Cause to me, this hurts. It hurts both. both. Yeah. Even though, Hernandez and Gronk both had success. That was with Tom Brady. Yeah, they had
1: Tom Brady.
0: They at Cam Newton. Matt Jones is one the, the most highly efficient uh Mac completion Jones. percentage uh quarterbacks out there. The guy gets it done short and immediate. Like he gets a really good fit Matt Jones fits what with like on paper what they want to do.
1: He does. No, I, I think I think he's a better Trent I would, Taylor. Trent Taylor. I had Trent. That was the guy you actually did like. Yes. Oh, he just likes TTs. T T T. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um uh yeah, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. I, I would be I think I would be more excited if Mac Jones was for sure the starter right now. Um, because then I would feel better that they were gonna be using them as as safety blankets on the short to intermediate stuff, and it would be it'd be them and James White for this current year as like the main focal ports uh points of the offense and, and they'd figure out somebody else to throw the Jacoby Myers would get, you know, sixty odd. Uh, targets or something like that as well. Do you
0: know how many passing touchdowns Cam Newton had last year?
1: Probably not a lot. Garrett, I, I'm cheating. I'm looking at it, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You can count that
0: number really high, 12.
1: I was going to say yeah. eight, but go lowest,
0: ahead. Lowest in the NFL. Yeah. Um, now,
2: do you believe, you, we just saw the video come out, Cam Newton saying he's healthy for the first time since like 2017.
0: Everybody's in the best shape of their life right now. Uh, I, I'm just
1: asking if you believe a- it at hey,
0: all. Ask Dak how Zeke's Best shape of his life. Cam, how you feeling after you just drafted his first-round running back? Best shape of my life. It, it
1: is it is one of those off season type of For sure. f- fluff piece type of thing. And, and it was a couple of years ago that they had to pull him at the end of games to throw the ball like 60 yards in, you know, in like a Hail Mary situation. So there's something not right about the guy's shoulder. Unless, by the way, the, unless he got some sort of surgery that he didn't tell us about, that stuff doesn't just like go away. By the way, the 12 touchdowns was the team total. Cam only had eight. Yeah, Cam... Uh, See, I
2: said
0: eight, didn't I? They had the least amount of touchdowns in the entire NFL last year. Two of them? Jacoby Myers. <laughs> yeah, they only oh had gosh. they only had uh, four to the wide receivers, right? Uh, I think that might they be right. They only had right. four to the wide receivers. Not only that, guess how many targets the tight ends had. Do you know you're cheating on that one?
2: I'm not cheating on that one, so I'll just 12. guess. 12. 28.
0: 33 targets to the tight ends. We both ends. undershot it. We they caught... them together. They only <laughs> caught 18 of them for 254 yards in one touchdown. This offense sucked, monster, whatever you want to call it. Like mm-hmm. it, they suck lollipops. They sucked on lollipops, and it it was terrible. So this team officially was terrible. The one thing Cam Newton did do pretty well, though, actually, was um his his passes over fifteen yards. He completed fifty three percent of his passes over fifteen yards, which was like
1: that's pretty upper good tier. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's upper tier for him, which is where Nelson Aguilar comes in. True. Nelson Aguilar is gonna help stretch the field, but. Predominantly, what we're going to see here is they're going to dominate the middle of the field. They're going to dominate with the tight ends. It's going to be Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I believe it's going to flip the script this year, and they're going to see the lead of the team in targets and receiving yards, both tight ends. But it, but does but it still equate, won't matter, though, will it? Does it equate to tight end 7 and 8
1: for both of them? No. 8 and 9? Who cares? They're going to be in that bunch.
0: They, they will. They're going to both
2: be somewhere between tight end 7 and tight end 16, like we just talked about last year. And
1: that difference is... 19 points on the entire season it's going to be you're, you're going to have to pick and choose it's a bill belichick offense so whichever one of those guys on any given week presents a better matchup that's the one that's going to get the most of the target five catches 85 yards two touchdowns and yep. then the next week Two targets, one catch, yep. fifteen yards. It's going to be maddening. You're going to, want to pull your hair out. It's going to be terrible. You're if you have either one of those guys trying to figure out which one to play.
0: Now, where they struggled, where they wouldn't pass the football, they actually strived in rushing the ball mm-hmm. as a team. They're fourth in the NFL last year with two thousand three hundred and forty six rushing yards. Uh, like I said, fourth most in the NFL. There, Cam Newton actually tied for the lead in carries with one hundred and thirty seven and twelve rushing touchdowns. Where that's where it mm-hmm. came for him um they, they have Damian Harris there Damian Harris was mostly just in on first downs I expected him this role to expand a little bit too but I'm really interested about Ramondi Stevenson um when I did when I was scouting him and watching his tape he came into the I, I think I when I was going over scouting report for myself I was like this guy's like a hashtag two-year window like I could see him coming in Definitely. and be exactly what Damian Harris did was just ground the ball on first and second down because Harris was not viable in the passing game. He only had five receptions, but like most of this team, nobody had receptions. Um, all his carries White. came on first down. James White comes in, and James White is very efficient in the passing game, actually. But it's going to be Damien, like Sonny Michel.
1: Sonny Michelle will be lucky to, to stay on the roster. Well, it, yeah. They can they can cut him and save money. Um, it's not a lot, like eight, $800,000 against the cap. But if, if they could save anything at this point... Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't just get rid of this guy. They've got better players on the roster right now for cheaper. What's the point of keeping all, him around?
2: All, all reports right now too are that Damian Harris has every he's the has, guy. he's looked he's the, the part. He's the guy, which tells me one thing: after he has a good game week one, I am absolutely looking to flip him. Even though I think he is a fine player, we have yet to see in however long Bill Belichick has been there a consistent running back. Week in and week out. We just haven't seen it. And I don't think Harris is special enough to break that mold. So, it could be him. It could be a James White week. It could be a Stevenson week. It could be Brandon Bolden could come out of retirement for all I know. Like... Brandon Bolton's on the team.
1: Is he still on the team? Yeah, he, he opted out last year, so his, his he's contract told this year, buddy. Well, he then, didn't retire, he's back. Well, then, perfect. Brandon, <laughs> the
0: only <laughs> high end running back we saw of New England recently is Garrett Blunt, and that's because he scored double digit touchdowns. I mean, even though they drafted the lower had, Smerone, what, 17 or 18, 18. it was a ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Amount. Put him the, like running back one character just on touchdowns, is right. where he was there. I mean, the last big hope was. They had Sonny Michelle, who we loved coming out of college. And obviously, his knee and his injury uh, derailed him. It was a fantastic college running back. That's why he was drafted in the first round, because he right. was a fantastic college running back. Then, before that, they drafted Lawrence Maroney high. Didn't pan out. Besides these guys, their number one success outside of that LeGarrette Blunt year was James White. And you know John Glosser wrote on here, too. This was a guy White has been targeted at least 54 times in six straight seasons. So, in a PPR league, James White might be the best value. For me, obviously, you said Damian Harris has a clear path to number one. I'm selling after week one, 100. percent And I, I, I think the gamble here for upside, Damian Harris, he's gonna cost you a little bit more. But I think the cheapest gamble here is Ramondre Stevenson,
1: right? Because I think Ramondre Stevenson actually catches the ball a little bit better uh, than than Damian Harrison does. So if he could, if he could latch onto that role, I mean, this is the last year of James White's contract. I know we had mentioned. uh God, I wanted to say JJ Abrams. Uh JJ uh the Taylor? Taylor. Thank you. JJ oh, yeah, yeah. Taylor as a guy that could succeed secede uh James White. White. Yeah. Uh but maybe maybe it is Ramondre Stevens uh Stevenson in this kind of hybrid role where he's a bigger back that comes in and does like goal line stuff, but could also swing out and catch passes out of the backfield.
0: Fourth round that took him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. I, I don't think he's the most natural catcher of the football, but I mean they could they could definitely use him in that in that way if they wanted to but I mean at that point he, you're basically talking about a borderline three down back if, if you're going to give him the goal line and the, the pass catching which are the two most valuable pieces in fantasy football I mean he becomes an, an amazing value if that actually does transpire and I think
0: he's I think for the price the best banger for your buck is Stevenson um, hope for the upside you know, they have Sonny Michelle obviously he's washed they have Damien Harrison they're like they re-signed James White but they still draft a running back in the fourth round I know the fourth round is not a great place to be for a fantasy football running back, but it's still the fourth round. You sure. know what I mean? It so to me, I think there's opportunity there for Belichick to get Stevenson in because we like to see, we we do notice him a lot. He'll, all it takes is a couple wrong things you do, and he's pulling you in. And he's giving somebody else an opportunity. If you're yeah. not getting it done, he will go through his running backs. So to me, I my favorite guy to have on his roster, obviously, Damian Harris is a clear choice. Sure, but if I'm looking for, for the any price. kind of like opportunity for like. Cheap, long, not long-term, but hashtag two-year window. I'm going Monday Stevenson. All right, that's enough on the Patriots. Let's go to the Jets. It was ugly. Mm. Let's go to the Jets. Uh, depth chart. QB, Zach Wilson, James Morgan, Mike White. Running back, Michael Carter, LaMichael Pirine, Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman. Wide receiver, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. At tight end, Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Claus, Tyler Croft, um, ugly at tight end. Chris Herndon's shown some upside, but he's just never able to get it done. Let's start at the Let's start at the top. Z- Zach Wilson, no clear cut going to be the starter week one. Absolutely, um, there's nobody else
2: there on that death chart. Yep.
0: Second overall pick ahead of guys like Justin Fields, ahead of Mac Jones, ahead of Trey Lance. This is a quarterback I that going into it. You guys didn't have the highest I have. I had him. As far as I know in the dynasty community, I had Zach Wilson higher than anybody else. Um I didn't see anybody else that had Zach Wilson as your number two quarterback. Yeah,
2: it's been mostly either Lancer Fields.
0: I might I, I might have saw a couple people here and there, but you had Zach Wilson as your number two quarterback? Do,
1: Do I know. not exist on this podcast? Am I not? Did you married? have him at two?
0: Yeah. I don't remember uh, that either. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you had Justin Fields as your number two. Uh,
1: I
2: definitely did. Yeah, he did. Visits.
0: Oh. And I like Justin Fields a lot. Well, you, I, and a couple <laughs> others. I think I saw a couple of them like so do I not exist? I didn't know he had number 2. I didn't either. I
1: it's mean, all we right. stop. You talk so much, you just don't even listen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay any a, attention to me.
0: I really like Zach Wilson. I think he's a very talented quarterback. I think he's a little bit athletic. I love the way he gets the ball out. I love the way he can get out at any different angle. Um I said it reminded me of a little bit more athletic Baker Mayfield. Who, yeah, definitely. Who, who obviously, I accurate, mean, The accuracy, throw, the, the ability the to. Do we like him?
1: Throw at the different arm angles, everything. Back rub, back yep. rub? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff, all great the, stuff. And he's accurate. And he's accurate. And you got to love the offense that he's going into as well. I mean, this is yep. one of these, uh, obviously, they, they brought all the offense over from uh, Shanahan-style uh, offense from San Francisco um, at, when Robert Sala came over, Michael Floors, the offensive coordinator. And, and. I think I think he's going to do great stuff. I think it's going to be a, a you know a quick uh, a quick short type of uh, passing game, which is going to suit his his skill set. I think to perfection. I think he can get the ball out. Real, I mean, he's got a, a, a lightning fast uh, uh, release, and he's he's deadly accurate. And you know, obviously the the Elijah Moore pick was one of my favorite picks sure. in the whole entire draft. I love that guy. Um, so he's going to be a huge help. I think right out the gate um, for a young quarterback. And you know, we we. we we're probably going to talk about the tight ends here in a little bit. I think they're leaving a little bit yeah, to to be desired. Sure. Uh, but, a lot of
0: it to be desired. I yeah. mean, talk about another situation where Zach Ertz could potentially get traded we didn't even talk about. I mean, the Jets, if they want to make this offense to another level, that, that's another team you could possibly probably go to just because.
1: You kind of glossed over it. Chris Herndon is probably the highest upside guy, but he, sure. he's reportedly struggling with the offense and having a hard time picking it up.
0: I'm, I'm, we've talked about him for two years, a couple of years now. I'm – done Gr- he's
1: Gr- griffin was actually two seasons ago
2: he actually put together a nice season and ended up getting a contract, contract yeah right. because of that with a new quarterback if Herndon doesn't produce like he could end up being a sneaky value guy that like you know every year we have those guys like how did he end up as, as a yeah. tight end one like he could easily end up being one of those guys Can just move, because of who he's good hands
0: with. really really tall really tall yeah um yeah griffin he was. He interested me. Like right when he signed that contract, I picked him up. Like he was in a waiver in every sure. league. I picked him up, and I've been monitoring him. He hasn't done anything since that contract. No, and, and he probably
2: still won't. It's a. It's a new regime. It's a new everything. But
0: over Chris Herndon, I will take him. All right, it's about the same at this Tyler point. Tyler Croft, he's terrible. Yeah, but overall, I is like it Tyler. Sorry, is it Tyler Croft? Uh, the golfers, uh, Palmer's grandson. No, who it, was that? Tyler?
1: Um, he played for the Bills. I can't remember his name right now. That's
0: oh, Zach Ertz, go on. No. <laughs> uh, but I, but overall, he had I, a heart
1: issue and had to, I think, retire.
2: I I, I love how this team is being built. Uh, they have the two big offensive linemen and in, in Beckton and and uh, Morgan Moses Mo, Moss. Moss, what is it? Whatever
1: it is. Um, it's getting late here in the studio. It is.
2: It's it's midnight here. So, uh, but a, a lot of young talented receivers. And then you have this very intelligent head coach in Robert Sala, LaFleur with the bloodlines at offensive coordinator. Like it's a, it's a really good unit they're building. So quickly going back to, to Zach Wilson, even though I wasn't as high on him as I was Lance and, and Justin Fields is my number two quarterback, you couldn't
0: have asked for much more
2: on a rebuild than, than what he's getting.
0: Yeah, and I've like what they. i already liked what they put around him. Obviously, the running back situation, we'll talk about here in a minute, but let's go to the receivers. You mentioned Elijah Moore, one of our favorite prospects coming uh-huh. out here. so good. And then to hear the news that he is dominating at OTAs already and that nobody can cover him on defense. We talked about earlier about how I love to make a move where, you know, if he was a high second-round pick, but I give him a first-round pick, uh, or I give him a first-round grade, I love to go trade for those guys right away. I did it with Elijah Moore. Uh, every league I didn't get Elijah Moore in, that he went a the second round, I offered my first and second round pick the following year. He actually went through for one league, so I was ecstatic about it. I think Elijah Moore is number one receiver on this roster. I know Corey Davis made uh, some good change here, and I like Corey Davis. He was a fantastic prospect coming out too. Finally stepped up last year. Right. But I think when it comes to fantasy football pro- production and upside, Elijah Moore is literally sky the limit with – the sky being I don't want to say Antonio Brown, because Tony Brown's one of the literally the greatest fantasy football wide receivers to ever walk the planet. But in that that kind of way. You know what I mean? Like not Antonio Brown production, because we might never see that again, but he could be that kind of player a year in, year out wide receiver one. I'm
1: I I totally agree. That that's that's how I read it as well. I think Corey Davis is a nice piece. I think Jamison Crowder being there for now is good. Keelan Cole is a nice complimental complimentary guy as well. So they have they have got pieces. And Denzel for him. Mims who we loved. Yeah, absolutely. Denzel Mims kinda I think can can marinate here for a little bit and kinda Never
0: again am I drafting a Baylor receiver, by the way. Yeah, never again. Never Don't again. Don't scout the helmet, scout the player. <laughs> Dude, I go off a history of statistics.
2: Okay, then should you never draft Justin Fields?
0: I loved I like no I like Denzel Mims a lot.
1: Just Ohio State's never had a quarterback produce. Gone. Well, I guess I guess we'll see if he does. I mean, you know, if he if if Justin Fields doesn't produce, then yeah, you shouldn't you should you should have stuck with the helmet theory. Does
0: Denzel Mims have any chance to be why he's in New York right now? Any chance to be a value valuable asset? I know we talked about this before. A valuable asset to your dynasty team. Does he have a chance? Absolutely. Absolutely not. You're really, saying you're he not. has
2: a zero percent chance of doing anything this year,
0: if it if it's not unless it's injury. Well, then that's a chance. So that's you're a ch- saying, saying there's a chance. I remember I said I'm not selling him. I still like to. I have a lot. I have so many Denzel. You sound like he's gross. I'm just sad.
1: He sounds sad. He sounds bitter. He does. He's, he's a bitter, bitter men's I'm
0: fan. I'm a bitter rich.
1: All right. Well, I, we we've gotten through the tight ends. I, all right, we gotten through the wide receivers. Have Let's we gotten through
0: the wide receivers? I feel like we. What gotten... would you pay for Elijah Moore right now? <laughs> I give him a first and second. I still
2: have I still have a league where I'm drafting, and it's a one QB league, and I will be I have 102, which I'm not taking about 102, oh, but you should. But I also have 107. Oh, and I I'm probably gonna it, it's oh. gonna come down between him, him and, and Bateman. It's gonna be him and uh, no, it's gonna come down to him and Jalen Waddle. Oh, and that's gonna be
0: tough, but I think oh. I'm going Elijah Moore. Nice. The, him, Bateman, and Waddle are in the same tier. Yep. So it's tough. I like them all. I I,
1: I wouldn't bat an eye to give a first and a second for him.
0: Yeah, me neither. Running backs. S- funny situation here. Now, Michael Pirine, <laughs> fourth round pick. Woo! Michael Carter, fourth round pick. Ty Johnson, powerful guy, kind of looked good at times, right? He did. Tevin Coleman, the most familiar with the offense, but has been a giant turdferg since... Living the days when he was competing with Devon Day Freeman I mean, he was
1: working off veteran minimum easily cuttable salary just like you know. so so is Ty Johnson
0: so what and what's funny is Michael P Ryan and Michael Carter both strive in that outside zone which is what they're going to run which is great with these offensive tackles that are big and can move I mean Kamai Becton's a monster and he can he move is. really well I predict Michael Carter is going to be the starter in this offense and he's gonna offer some PPR upside and he's gonna, I think he's gonna do pretty well in this outside zone um I was in a situation where in our old league I had a position chance to trade up into the second round by giving him a future first everybody thought I was taking Trey Sermon I took Michael Carter
1: was that in our league where you jumped right in front of me yeah yes we're, were you gonna take Michael Carter of course I was gonna take him no. I took Michael Carter. I'm assuming you took Trey Sermon then? Yes, of course I did.
0: <laughs> I th- and, and watch Trey Sermon be the guy. Uh, that's all I think about all the time now is because I made that move. Yep. I was like, Trey Sermon's going to be the guy. I know because they traded up for Trey Sermon, so he's going to be the guy. Um, Raheem Mostert, just, we'll talk about San Francisco soon. Yeah, we will. So Michael Carter, though, like I just, I go back to Michael Carter's tape. Do I think he's di- you know a dynamite running back? No, but I think he's a very solid running back. I mean, good enough to keep Javante Williams at bay that's your bay I mean
1: did he keep him at bay I mean I think they they split time
2: yeah I mean did Thurman Thomas keep Barry Sanders at bay Uh uh-huh for a year (laughs) (laughs) I mean that being said I think you could make an argument that outside of potentially Najee Harris the ceiling in year one could be the highest for Michael Carter even higher than Etienne or Javante or or Trey Sermon. The PPR upside potential. He's got a clear route to to carries. And and he's got a clear route to carries. Will that likely happen? No, there's a lot of guys here, and it's probably going to be muddy and yucky. But if he does do a good job, earns that job partway into the season, he could have a monster role, and he could be one of those rookies that ends up helping you on a championship run. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not even saying necessarily that it is the most likely scenario, but the ceiling is absolutely there in year one for Michael Carter.
0: And he's got a clear path to those PPR running back points as well. So now he's in a unique role to be the man as the starter, but he's also in a position to catch the full. I mean, Michael P. Ryan's not, I mean, he's okay at catching the full ball.
1: And And he was drafted by a different regime. He was. Which it, it, was matter. it was a different coaching staff. That that kind of stuff does matter. I know they're both fourth-round draft picks. And I'm sure once they get to camp, if Lamichael if Piron is the better running back, he'll get carries. But for now, going into it, there's still got to be a slight edge given to Michael Carter. And from everything that we've heard, Michael Carter has looked explosive um, and looked pretty good in this offense throughout the early portions of of the offseason stuff. So we'll see. I think he probably has a little bit of a leg up on a guy like Michael P. Ryan. Obviously, um, Tevin Coleman has probably a a knowledge leg up on all these guys. Um, Just, just being familiar with the whole Kyle Shanahan offense and how like Michael for runs, runs Mm -hmm. things. Um, But, but bottom line is they drafted Michael Carter. I think they're going to want to get him on the field at some point.
0: And as a contender, um, as a contender that wanted, I had Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley as my running backs. And I also have Melvin Gordon. But for a legit contender that, as not like a fake like I think I could win the league this year, I wanted that one more running back Mm -hmm. for security. Because I came in second place last year, and it's because I didn't have Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley. They were my starting running backs. I lost them both for the whole year. And I still came in second place because – my team's really strong. I want a guy who offered really good upside. With Trey Sermon there and Michael Carter, I knew that was an opportunity to get one of those guys. And with all my Debbie guys, and you, know, you and Jared tell me this running back class is so weak next year. It's I had no, terrible. It's it's fine. But I know my pick was going to be anywhere from 10 to 12. Sure. And sure. it's not
2: going to be deep enough to...
0: To grab another running back. Right. And I want an opportunity to get a guy that I, could, I can grab here and either one let me see what I see and either keep him going forward. And then I could flip Joe Mixon potentially mm-hmm. or two, like you guys said, I think this year he's going to do enough where that, that, that value will be there where I can get a higher first round pick than I gave up at the end. Sure. If I need be. So, even though I gave up my first and then the year, if I want to, I can move my first, which would be, I hope to be one twelve, up to one six if need be. Yeah. So I thought it was a pretty good investment and I would make that trade every day if I was a contender. And honestly, I would do the same for Trey Sermon.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I see both those guys pretty similarly. Um, You know, Sermon was obviously, you know, 10 or 15 picks earlier in the draft and and got traded up for. But, you know, at the bottom, the bottom line is they're in a very, they're in identical offenses, just different, different, um, you know, East Coast, West Coast here. Um, But that, it's, 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 their, their parallels are, are, are striking. That's it. Yep. That's it.
0: Back next week. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be here. Yeah, I'll be here too.
0: I think we're going to record on a weekend. Ooh. Really? Matt's going to get some sun. It'll be very nice. I hope so. All right. See you next week. Adios.